Hello. Before we start today's episode, if you would like a condensed version of what I'm talking about in this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Perfectionist Guide. You can read the entire thing in three minutes or less. To access this, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash newsletter. Are you a bit of a perfectionist, type A, hyper performer? Then you know that having the audacity to see an ideal and bring it into reality while breaking generational habits of hustle can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. If you are ready to burn bright instead of burning out, to lead without losing yourself, and to enjoy the life you have worked so hard to create, then keep listening. I'm your host, America's leader on rewiring perfectionism, CLG, and this is Perfectionism Rewired, the podcast. Welcome to Perfectionism Rewired. In this episode, you will learn the two-step process to make intentional, empowering choices to use your perfectionism. You can't change your perfectionistic tendencies without first understanding what's driving them. I created a two-step process for knowing when your perfectionism is healthy for you and how to use it intentionally so it feels good. I call it the intention and impact method. These are two powerful questions that will create more curiosity, receptivity, and openness so that you can partner with your perfectionism. The first question you want to ask is, what's my intention? intention here. The second is, what's the impact? Why are these questions important? Because they help you see when you are using your perfectionistic tendencies out of reaction, habit, or avoidance. And the more you understand how this is showing up, the quicker you're going to be able to notice when you are reverting back to pressure or reacting to stressors. From a young age, most of us are operating in a simmer stressy level. Our amygdala starts to interpret all of these uh uh-ohs around us. Your amygdala is your alarm bell system in your brain, and it actually gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more that we use it, especially when you start to get into a more stressful place and you don't properly get out of stress. When I say get out of stress, I'm not talking about going on a retreat or downing a glass of wine to take the edge off. I'm talking about metabolizing the stress that is in your body. When you start to feel stress building up within you and then something else happens and then something else happens, your alarm bell system gets more sensitive and pretty soon you start to interpret everything as being a huge threat. You think, did I do this the right way? Is there something wrong? Is that person mad at me? Something that you might normally be able to handle because your stress levels have built up, someone not liking you, being rejected, that is going to feel like a threat. Then the perfectionistic traits come in and they become a shield from these perceived threats instead of being this powerful sword that you can use to blaze a new trail. 
the best way to really own your perfectionism is to start paying attention because it can be so fast and so automatic. It can seem like you weren't thinking at all and your perfectionism just happened, but that's never the case. And that's actually a good thing because that means that you are always in control. So you can ask yourself, what is my intention here? Do I feel stressed? Do I have a lot of tension in my body? You also want to get specific to your perfectionistic tendencies. Every single person has unique perfectionistic cues. So this is where you get to be like Nancy Drew. And there are four areas that you can look. There are physical cues. Do you tend to be hunched over? Are you bracing? Is the placement of your feet, are they turned inward? Is your breath shallow behavioral clues you can look like asking other people for their opinion before I would do things. I'm criticizing the way that your partner loaded the dishwasher. Emotional cues. Are you feeling guilty, embarrassed, rejected, unwelcome, judged, inadequate? My clients using this impact and intention method, they noticed they were using their perfectionism because felt guilty, embarrassed, rejected, unwelcome, judged, or inadequate, and they wanted to quickly get out of, of feeling that way. And the last clue is cognitive clues. So these are things you think to yourself or maybe that inner critical voice says where it's like, I have to get this right. I'm so far behind. I need to impress them. I'll relax as soon as it's 2025. To recap the four areas of perfectionistic cues or clues, if you want to be Nancy Drew, are physical cues, behavioral cues, emotional cues, and cognitive cues. Perfectionism is fluid and and it is context dependent. It's easy to overlook how dynamic it is. So you don't want to label any of your perfectionistic tendencies by what you're doing. It depends on the context. So being super meticulous and looking for every error was a huge, huge benefit when I was ahead of PR. When I came home with my partner, it was not a benefit. <laughs> You want to look at your perfectionism by the intention and the impact that it is having. If you notice that you're people-pleasing, for example, is it because you want to be accepted? Is it because you are looking for validation? Anything that you do to fit in or to gain approval, like once my husband is happy with me, then I will be worthy of love. If there is a contract, like if this, then this, when it comes to your intention, if your why for your perfectionism is an answer other than because it makes me feel alive, because this is what I really want to do, because this is what I desire, because this is what is in line with my values, because this is what lights me up, then your perfectionism is unhealthy. By looking for the clues, you can pay attention to what your unique perfectionistic patterns are. And the more you notice it, the more that you can begin to shift it in the moment and decrease the stressors. By decreasing the stressors over time, it's going to help you so you are not triggered by so many things.
You might not know any of your perfectionism clues at first. That's normal. I just want you to keep being curious. Just keep asking the question, what is here? What am I noticing? If you're looking for a reason as to why your perfectionism is on autopilot, it's not because your parents only praised you and you did everything perfectly when you were six. Like, none of that matters. You're not an archaeologist. We are architects. We are building your future. And so what we want to figure out is why you are choosing to perfect today? Why are you choosing to be paralyzed today? And we got to get really sharp at figuring that out. If you forget to ask, what's my intention before your perfectionist tendencies is off to the races, that is okay. Just remind yourself to do it next time. Maybe you set an alarm on your phone for like every two hours to help you so that you can start checking in with yourself. One question I get about this is what happens when you catch yourself spinning on an intention that you don't like? I need to prove to other parents that I care. That's why I'm baking four dozen cupcakes. You noticed it and you decided to do it anyways. So you're like, whatever, I'm just going to take six hours of my day, make four dozen cupcakes and drive them over to school. Now, one of the worst things that you've ever been taught is that feeling bad about your behavior will motivate you to change. That is not true, and it has scientifically been proven people make sustainable changes and accelerate 10 times faster when they are feeling playful and courageous. So feeling bad or judging what you're beginning to notice, it's not going to help you. All of the information that you get from the intentional impact method is important. It's going to build your awareness and help you pinpoint where to start interrupting your patterns. Now, let's talk about the second question in the intentional impact method. How is your perfectionism showing up? What is the impact? I want you to ask yourself before you start and halfway, how is this feeling? If it felt energizing for you to intentionally organize the bookshelf and three hours have gone by, does that still feel energizing to you? Overall, the impact that you want to have, you want to feel like you are growing, you are learning, you are energized, you are inspired, and you are feeling increasingly curious. We're not going for like happy face vibes all the time here. I compare it to working out. For me, push-ups and pull-ups, I hate doing them. They're very, very difficult for me, but I know that it's making me stronger and it's developing myself. I can tell the difference between it's strenuous versus I, I'm going to injure myself. So that's what you want to be looking for. And to start the process of just checking in with yourself, you can even decide ahead of time at what point you're going to check in with yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to do this for an hour and then check in. The goal is to learn how to be in tune with your body and stay present. This is how you never burn out or run over yourself. If you've been living from the neck up, you've been very disconnected from your body, this might be challenging at first. Most clients have never even considered feeling good about their perfectionism ever. When they check in with their perfectionism, and they'll notice that an hour, they're feeling sort of drained, but their all or nothing thinking will come in and they'll be like, I need to finish it. I need to do all the steps. And what they don't realize is they're over-functioning. I just want you to think about this. If you're always playing your same plays with perfectionism, you're never going to learn what actually needs to be done. Try this at work. Just like pick a time that you're going to do
do this. And if the hour is up and it's 80% instead of 100%, just send it in, see what happens. Colleagues start praising for completing things faster. All of the worries about the amount of errors or all these imaginary concerns disappear and you actually get your time back. And the insula, which is one of my favorite parts of the brain, the insula is involved with us being able to choose how we feel in our body, our motivation, decision-making, our mood, our ability to be present and experience pleasure. The gray matter of your insula can actually grow through you focusing on your internal experience. It is why I created the intentional and impact method. Your action step is to start asking, what's my intention? What's the impact? And finding your own perfectionism clues. Are you tired of being in a robotic relationship with success, with zero meaning or joy during the process, where your victories feel anticlimactic? If you're nodding your head yes, listen closely because I might have the solution you've been searching for. My Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator. In Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, you are centering your identity on your possibilities instead of your limitations. I've done the hard work and taken out the guesswork to give you frameworks backed by neuroscience proven to work even for the most type A, high-strung, stubborn, control freak perfectionists. In the first 30 days, you'll possess a quiet confidence, so secure in yourself and your achievements. Your self-compassion will go up at least 250%. So if you want to save yourself years of trial and error, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash accelerator today or just click the link in the show notes to check out the Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator.